People often like to talk about who would win in the battle between Superman and Batman or Captain America and Iron Man. These are some cool superheroes, but really the true superheroes are moms, right? They've got these incredible superpowers that nobody can explain. My wife is such an incredible mom, and her number one goal in life is to make sure that our son Judah is taken care of and lives for God. We have another boy on the way uh, in October, and today's guest, we have a mother of four boys, and Rachel and I got to sit down with her. Uh, Sister Corletha Varian is the guest on the show today. She's one of our favorite people on the planet, and she's an amazing human being with an incredible story. She is the wife to Raymond and a mother of four precious boys. She has an incredible story. She was born in England, raised in New York, and now resides in Georgia, where we are honored to worship with her because she goes to our church every Sunday. She has her master's degree in education and uh, is planning on pursuing her PhD. She is a go-getter in every way. She has an incredible story, and she definitely has the mom superpowers with her four boys. Sister Varian, I heard that you had a birthday this weekend, so happy birthday. We celebrate with you, and um, thank you for being a guest on the Noteworthy Podcast. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Let's go. All right, I am here with Corletha Varian, a teacher extraordinaire, mom of four, brilliant educator <laughs> and dear friends of Rachel and I's Sister Varian, how are you doing today? I am great, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited that you're on the podcast and this is going to be a really special, unique interview and I think it's going to relate to a lot of moms, especially with you having four kids. That's right. Four, four boys. Four <laughs> boys. Uh, we have one boy and another boy on the way, and that is enough to uh, get me feeling pretty tired at the end of the day. So you're <laughs> you're kind of our hero. We're, we're feel kind of honored just to be in your presence right oh, now. Um, but let's uh, let's jump right in and just tell us a little bit about your background. Where are you from? And tell us about your transition to Georgia. So I was originally born and raised in London, England, where my family actually have, um, I'm the youngest of seven children. And so my two brothers and three sisters still actually reside in England. And I have one sister here in the U.S. with me. And uh, we came to America when I was 10 and she was about 16. Um, And we moved directly into New York. So I went to a Catholic school in the South Bronx and um, lived in Westchester. And as time passed on, I actually, um, my sister 
right after the 96 Olympics, she actually decided to venture off and move to Atlanta, which was new for her. She had no relatives there and just starting a new life, starting fresh. And it was a great opportunity for her. And later on, my mother retired and decided to build a home in Atlanta for her retirement. And I got married and had children and stayed in New York. And unfortunately, there were some medical issues that my mother encountered. And I just felt that the most important thing was to be with family. Right. And so my husband and I packed up with our two kids and moved to Georgia. So what was it like being... So you were in London until you were 10, is that right? Yes. What was it like being raised in London? I'm very fascinated by that part of your story. <laughs> you know, So uh, for the audience listening, uh, Sister Varian goes to our church, Apostolic Tabernacle, so we get to worship together every Sunday. Amen. And uh, it, we absolutely love your family. Y'all are oh, so special you. to you us. Guys are amazing. And, uh, but Pastor got his... PhD yes, he in, did. in England, yes, he Birmingham. Did. How how far is that from London? Oh, that's north of London. So I, I wouldn't be able to give like a yeah. time frame or miles. I have no north. idea at all. You could tell me yeah, 800 north. miles and I'd be like, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> it is north of London. And as, as you know, like just in, like in the United States, the further north you go, the accents change. Mm-hmm. And so, same thing in, in, in England. That's but interesting. Yeah. See, London your is accent is... Unique. Totally. It's yeah. so unique. It's like you were raised in London. So, I expect like, you know, <laughs> get a cup work. of tea with, you know, I expect uh, this... Would you like this, a cup of tea? Yeah. Like, and there's little hints of it. There but is. then Every I hear then. New York. Uh-huh. And, so, and I can relate to that. Melting pot of things that I now, picked up. And I'm working on the y'all. I'm working on okay, the y'all. I'm working on that. I can relate to you, though, as, as somebody yeah. that is here in Georgia, because, you know, I don't have a story as cool as, you know, I was raised in London. Not so cool. Not, Not so as cool. cool, you know. Cool. Insert Chicago there. That's where that's I was close enough. You know, but... I have been told that I have like an indistinguishable accent. Nobody can tell where I'm from. Only one person in my entire life, one person, guessed where I was from. And it was a complete stranger, had never met my life. Uh, I don't sound like a Southerner. I don't sound like a Northerner. I don't sound like I'm from Chicago. I don't even know who I am (laughs) half the time. So I can relate because I would never have guessed you were from London. By just listening to you, which is an More amazing so thing. New York, absolutely. I hear but, New York, yeah. But your boys do say when you get around your family, it comes back that your English accent instantly. Is, <laughs> comes um, back very strong. Which is hysterical because that happens to my mom. We, yeah, instantly <laughs> it just comes back naturally. It's just innate. Uh, but when I speak with my sisters and my brothers, they say to me, oh my goodness, you sound so American. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just, it throws them off every single time. Well, we spent years and years in Indianapolis, Chicago, you know, us Northerners. And uh, so, but my parents, my mother is from uh, the South mm-hmm. originally. And so anytime she, she would get around her family it's like, hey, y'all. Yeah. And yeah, she turns all southern. southern. But for the most part, growing up, you really couldn't hardly tell my mom was yeah. from the South. Yeah. So yeah. that's and an amazing thing. you can hear thing. it more 
in the French family now. As the longer they stay in Georgia, Georgia the comes more it comes slipping out. right back in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It does. every now and then yeah. you hear the southern influence. Right. And yeah. I mean, my accent isn't very strong, and I'm born and raised in Georgia. Yeah. But when I get around people who do have strong southern uh-huh. accents, then it really comes, comes out. out. And I start it saying does. stuff like, ah. There's something very natural about it that's that, that innate. It just comes back. Yeah. Have, you, have you noticed Brother Ryan's uh, southern tendencies now that... Amen. Amen. He does the yeah. he does I the a. Up on that yet. Why, listen Judah, to him next time. When when Ryan first started preaching, it was like Amen, and now, <laughs> and the longer he's in Georgia, it's like Amen. <laughs> so if I stay here another ten years, I'm sure I'll be there too. Oh yeah, it's With good. With y'all and the Amen, you're gonna love it when your boys. So. I'm sure well, they it's have hysterical because out of the four, so two of them sound like they're from New York. They sound a lot like me. Um, and then the younger two are so Southern. And so, like, even Ethan, who was born in Georgia, um, he says things. And I'm like, sweet boy, that's, that's, that's not how we say it. Are we going to the hotel? And I'm like, that's, that's, it's a hotel, not a hotel. And so it just cracks me up. I'm like, we're like a divided family. We have, like, our it's northern children and our southern funny. children. It's, it's so perfect, though. So you have a master's degree. Is that correct? I do. Okay, so... I'm fascinated by that. Tell us about your journey through education and how you've gotten to where you are now. And actually, uh, in your experience, you went to a Jewish school, right? I didn't attend a Jewish school. I actually taught at a Jewish school. You taught at a Jewish school. Okay, so tell us about your educational journey and where that kind of started out. Well, you know, like... Many average kids just graduated high school, went straight into college, um, went into college thinking I was going to be a social worker. I was going to save I could the see world. That. Yeah, I could totally see that. And then I took my first social work course and instantly quit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, this is not meant for me. <laughs> it was our first night. I remember these, there were professionals in the room and they were talking about their caseloads and things of that nature. And I just went, this... This is not for me. And so I instantly uh, dropped social work. I was like, this is not my major. And so I switched over to sociology. And um, my first year, I was not working. And I start, my grades started off great the first semester. And the second semester, they tanked. And I remember speaking to my counselor. And she just said, she asked me a ton of questions. And I answered. And at, at the end, she said, you're bored. Mm. And I said, what? She goes, you're bored. Go get a job. Wow. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I went to work for a preschool and it just clicked. That that was, I was like, this is, this is my niche. And people said, you were meant for teaching. And so it just took off from there. And so I got my bachelor's degree. It was kind of an extended period. There were some losses in the family and um, just going through a difficult time and um, and then right before I got married, or after I got married, um, I decided just to go straight for my master's and did that in a year and immediately got pregnant. Wait, right wait, after. hold on. In, in one year? So <laughs> yes. how many credit hours were you having to take to get that done in oh, a year? Oh, my goodness. I took a ton of credits. Like it That was sounds probably, really fast. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was compressed. So I worked during the day. And at night, I took my courses, and it was compressed. So in one year, I have I, 
it just knocked it out. I don't know why that surprises me that you did it in a year because it's you <laughs> and you are a superhuman. It's taken me like 10 years to get my associate's degree. <laughs> but the fact that good. you said you were married just, and working during the always day. Always working. Always working. So yeah. there were three things in my life. It was work, school, and church. And yeah. that was it. That was, those are my three things. And so during the day I worked, at night I went to school, and then church was in between. Any, any open opportunities, church was in there. And so those were my three things. And I remember graduating pregnant, um, wow. walking across the stage, and I was like, okay, that, that was not my plan. I actually wanted to go straight for my doctorate, but that's okay. Children happen, and that's okay, and I'll pick up my doctorate. You were pregnant with your first. Yes, Jacob. Is that still um, something you're working on? So, yes, but I know the time commitment that's required of that. And so having four boys, (laughs) young boys, who are already... um, committing to my time um it's it's a little bit more challenging so i'm just going to pace myself i'm not going to do what i did with my masters and just compress that time um but i'm just going to take maybe one course at a time and just kind of pace myself through pastor didn't finish his doctorate until 2011 so Mm -hmm. has has he ever told you the story about when he finished no so he got his phd at the university of birmingham england and uh, the Lord told him that as soon as he finished his degree, God was going to open up the door for him to pastor again. God spoke that to him. And if you know Pastor uh, Brother Talmadge French, you know that when he feels something like that, you can just take it to the bank. He's like, he's always right. It's ridiculous. He's very <laughs> sensitive. Um, he's one of those kind of men that his words are few so when you when he speaks you want to listen yes, really close true. and so um in 2011 okay. uh he finished his phd and the day he finished the day he got his email saying you're done bishop cole called him really the very same day the very I same day bishop cole called and said um you know, he had preached there as an evangelist, and he was he was evangelizing, he was teaching seminars. Of course, he had gone through a long period in his life where he was a professor, you know, teaching at IBC, mm-hmm. and he hadn't been pastoring. You know, he pastored when, until I was nine, and he was my pastor until I was nine. And then after that, it was this big season of teaching and writing and this different transition in his ministry. Mm-hmm. And he, he felt like God's calling me back to be a pastor. And wow. the day he finished, Bishop called and said, uh, I, I feel like you're the man for this church. That is and amazing. So it was crazy, but it, you know, it, was, it wasn't until 2011 that Pastor finally finished. So, But God works everything out for good because while he was finishing his doctorate mm-hmm. and getting that phone call, God was aligning everything in my family's life, my husband and I and our children, that we were to enter into Georgia because I never thought for a second I would actually be moving to Georgia. Yeah, never thought about it. Neither did my dad. <laughs> it was never on the radar. My sister lived here. I'm so glad y'all moved to Georgia. <laughs> yeah, well, I, my sister lived here. Rachel we, the Georgian. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We, visit, we would visit every year. 
And I would say to her, gosh, I would never move to... It's so hot. Yeah. I would never move to Georgia. This Especially right now, we're like, feeling the heat. Like 99.9 mm-hmm. degrees every day. Every day. Um, and so <clears throat> a friend of ours, actually our pastor in New York, her, his daughter um, actually went to IBC. And um, she would tell us, we would have these like kind of prayer meetings and she would talk about this amazing, amazing teacher that she had at IBC. Uh, named Talmadge French. Oh, gosh, that's a very peculiar name. But... Yeah, sure it is. <laughs> yeah, but she was just like he's from London. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like he's from London. Talmadge French. Um, and so she would talk about it and everything and okay. But then God kind of pushed my husband and I into a position where we had to move to Georgia. And we knew it was time. And so by the end of 2011, wow. we packed up. And we just made the trip, packed up our two cars and drove down to Georgia. And I remember the first thing we wanted to do was find a home apostolic church. And my mother was already going to one, great pastor. Um, Mm -hmm. But we just knew that was not the home for us. And so my husband started searching for apostolic churches and he goes, there's a church about 10 minutes from here. And the pastor is Tamage French. And I said, yeah, I don't think that, I don't think that's, that's the same pastor. And he goes, well, how many Talmadge Frenches are there? I know. Well, we know there are two now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So we know there's two on the planet that we're aware of. That we're aware of. He goes, well, let's just check it out. And lo and behold. That's crazy. It was your, your dad and, um, look at God it, and just, God had just aligned it and we're like, this is the guy that Tina was talking about at IBC and like, oh my goodness. And so you guys, I think arrived at the uh, Apostolic Tabernacle about six months before us, but just talking about that, that thinking about the preparation that God does oh, in yeah. order for his will to be done. It's just, yeah. it's amazing. It's awesome. I didn't realize that your family has been here the, the whole length of time. That the it was like, have, it was like I mean, half I've a only year. Been here we, five years. Yeah. So since 2014, shortly after like six months. after. Yeah. Yeah. They've yeah. been here since like, we were trying to figure out, you know, that, you know, the first year is always a big transition that I, you know, now because of Bishop Cole's integrity and his wisdom, mm-hmm. It's a, it was as easy as it can possibly be at a church to transition pastors. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. he just, he just, I've never seen another situation like it wow. where, um, you know, I, I remember Bishop one time told us, he's like, now if, if you want us to leave, we can leave because evidently like we don't have experience with this, but sometimes when a pastor comes in and the old pastor stays there, mm-hmm. there's conflict mm-hmm. and my father looked at Bishop and said, I can't even imagine this church without you here. It's amazing. And man, when Bishop retired, he retired. He was like, <laughs> he was like, that's a wrap. I'm going to be the best saint you've ever seen in your life. We, we only got him to preach three times in eight years, in an eight year time span before he passed last year. I heard him preach three times. I mean, he was just for, reti- and you had to beg him to do that. He, he preached awesome one of our legs. He's an amazing man, but yeah. uh, it's amazing. You know, I, I guess I wasn't aware myself of how incredible that timeline was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so we feel so blessed to have you and your husband and your kids super involved with the church. You have four amazing boys. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, your parenting style. What's it like 
to be a, a mom Jewel of <laughs> four boys, what encouragement would you give to the moms out there? Uh, hold on for dear life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's such great advice. <laughs> That's how I feel recently. I relate to that with one kid, so times it by four. <laughs> My advice is just, you know, just keep your North Star define your success criteria Mm. what is your success criteria what does it mean for you not anyone else to be a successful mother and maintain that and 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 just be true to you and love on your babies and give them affirmation at any opportunity that you are given um but just be you i think you know there are times where i've i've gone to public places and i've been given looks and I don't care. <laughs> I really Hi. don't. Yeah. Hi, this is my family. Uh, there is no such thing as a normal family, as normal as you can get. Um, we get yeah. that with Judah by, like, just me, Rachel, and Judah. We walk in and they're like, that family's so big and annoying. Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> we, get that, like, we get those looks but of, like, will, your child is inconvenient. Like, right? <laughs> I will say that it is funny to watch Judah interact with your boys because he acts like he's one of them. Yes. When he he just, wait, he's part of the tribe. He's he totally is. part of the tribe. And you tend to be that kind of mom where any of the, uh, the boys... If, if they're a boy around your kid's age, they want to be at your house. They want to be with your boys. I mean, that's just the kind of friends your boys are. It's yeah, the kind of mom you are. I mean, people just gravitate to y'all. And moms want your kids to influence them. And that is goals. That is like so. major goals. I so. And I always know that Judah is safe when he's... If you have your eyes anywhere in his vicinity, I... whether I'm there or not, Judah is in good hands because you're not far Let away. Let me tell you, I am a natural... I don't want to say mother, but motherly. Like, my eyes are on children all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you're a nurturer, a protector. Like, I don't know if it's part of the the education field where I can literally sit in a classroom with 28 children and know exactly what each of them are doing behind my back. Like, I don't know. Which, to me, is interesting because you don't work directly with kids anymore, do you? No. So I transitioned several into several different roles, but as as of right now, I was a personalized learning coach. Um, So I facilitate that instructional practice to eight different elementary schools. Um, but I, I love children. I love, I and truly enjoy being around them. And I, the reward in the work that I do is from the children. Mm. Um, and that's the way it is as a mother. Like your reward are your children and the, the things that they say. So Manny one day came home. He had his, um, the end of year testing and they had these sort of encouragement posters that they had to color. And his poster was, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm. And when they got in the car, Ethan started reading the poster and, and he read he read the poster and he goes, what does that mean? And Manny said, it means be like mommy. Oh. Mommy's the change. Oh, my word. Mommy's the change know? I want to see. I totally <laughs> melted. I'm going to cry And then right I was now. like, this is, what, this is all the hard work I've been, I've been putting forth. It all paid off. Yes, it all paid off. But with, um, even with the parenting, I know that's kind of where we're at. I don't want to jump back and forth from education to parenting, but um, but you have four boys with four different temperaments and four, four so different personalities. Com- yeah, totally different. Yes. yes, very different. Totally. That's different. how I tell them apart. <laughs> I mean, now yeah. that they're older, yeah. it's easier because they yeah. they look more, um, you know, like. They're their own person. person. Mm-hmm. But you can tell their while, brothers by looking at them. You yes. can tell their brothers. They're, they're very different. Yes. But there was a, a there was a 
a time frame where they looked so much alike. I'm like, Manny and Ethan, your second and yeah. third. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I Couldn't could not the keep them straight because it's just the hair. It's yeah. little, like, it one had curly hair, hair the other one shaved off. Yeah. But they were about the same size. They were, you know, real quiet boys at the time. Yeah. Not so much now. Um, but I, I just would not even call their names because I would constantly get them confused and they I have would no just fear because like... I do the same thing. I'm like, just you, number four. At one point, I was just calling them numbers. I was like, number three. Come Dude, even John now, uh, John's your baby, and yeah. he has grown up so much that I have to think about it sometimes. This is not Ethan. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. Oh, it's so many, it just yeah. I'm the old lady who lived in his shoe. But I will oh. ask, and this is more of a selfish question, just because I am about to have another boy. But um, how was it? Um, and I realize again, I'm asking a superhuman. <laughs> right. But Not so much. I have my mom fail moments all the time. <laughs> oh. But I learn from them, so that's it's okay. Well, what um how was it learning like once once they developed their little personalities and you realized, okay, this is different, this is not what I'm used to. How is that transition into learning who that particular boy was and how to interact with him. Does that make sense? It does. You know, I just recently picked up a book, um, The Five Love Languages mm-hmm, for Kids. Yeah. Oh, for kids. Mm-hmm. I haven't read yeah, it. I've read the original one. The original one, but they have it for kids. And um, there's a lot of social emotional learning that we're doing in the education field right now. And I thought, well, I think it'd be important as a parent to know especially when you have multiple children, mm-hmm. their love language, yeah. how they want to receive love. And so I started reading it and I realized that uh, they are so different and they do want to receive love in a different way. And so I know that Jacob just needs those words of affirmation. He just needs to just be encouraged all the time. Whereas Manny needs to be praised and that's mm-hmm. the way he feels love. Yeah. But Ethan, on the other hand, just really wants time. He just wants time with us. He's like, mommy, can you play with me? Mommy, can you build? With me? He's a one-on-one. He just needs that time, and and John is looking for attention. <laughs> um, but he, John, is the touchy feely. He wants hugs and kisses, and mommy, I love you so much. And he'll kiss, 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 kiss. And he's the 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 child who needs to be nurtured with uh, with touch. And so, I think that book helped sort of influence and. Uh, provide some insight to me as a parent on how to provide the social emotional need that my children require. That's really good. Yeah, that's really good. I'm going to read that book before October. (laughs) (laughs) At some point between now and October. Yeah. I mean, and it's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's just good information to have on the side just to understand who your children are. And again, you know, my, all four all four of my boys are completely different, completely different. Right, right. Um, and so how I interact with them is going to be differently. I could say something to Jacob that he's so super sensitive and he'll break out into tears where Manny's like, ha, 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 ha. Like, <laughs> he, you know, he's just a yeah. different, he's a different kid. I guess that's what's kind of, kind of sparked my question because Jacob is more of your introverted yeah, child and yeah. Manny is not. Complete <laughs> extrovert. Not an introvert. Complete extrovert. And he loves to be involved and he wants to be up front. And, and what's so funny is as leader. a parent, I see myself in all of them. Like I see my introverted self in Jacob and I see my extroverted self in Manny and I see my like 
risk-taking self in Ethan and just the quirkiness in, in Jonathan. So I see my a piece of me in every single one of them. So it's just, it's, it's fascinating. Having children is fascinating. I love it. Awesome. I love it so much. Well, Sister Varian, what, um, I, you know, we always try to end with one question that kind of, that resonates, will sustain with people. What advice uh, would you give to any new parents out there? And then uh, is there any just advice that you'd like to leave us with that you try to live by every day? I know that's a big oh, question. A big that's question. always it's the like toughest totally question loaded. for everyone. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. That's what makes it a good question. It does. No, it truly does. It's very reflective. I think for new parents, um, it's okay to make mistakes. Mm. They're just learning experiences. There's right. no such thing as perfect. It's okay. It's okay to feel down one day and just pop right back up. It's okay. Uh, you know, there is no manual. I don't care how many books that they, they, they publish. There is no manual for the gift that you have before you in your home. And so you just have to take it one day at a time and, and, and enjoy, the, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the experience and the time that you have been given with your children. Um, and your second question, if you can remind me. Yeah, so is there any advice that you just try to live by every day that you'd like to share with the audience? Day-to-day things that you try to practice every day. Choose joy. Choose joy. Choose happiness. Choose kindness. Whatever things are good, whatever things are pure, whatever things are right, right, just do that every day. And that's how I I literally walk around. And if I'm having a bad moment, I just literally go like this. I choose joy. Yeah. <laughs> I choose happiness. <laughs> I just I, I have a moment to pull myself together and just yeah. hold my tongue and just say, I choose joy. I choose happiness. I choose to, I, I choose good and, and so purity good. And, and righteousness. Amen. We see that. We see that you live your life like that, which is one of the reasons why you're so special to us interview you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, this has been an absolute joy. This is such a special, unique episode. I, I think people are going to love it. And you and your family, your precious four boys, you guys are so special to us. I'm so thankful we get to worship together every Sunday. So am I. And I, I hope it continues forever and ever and ever. And then we'll keep worshiping together in heaven. It's yes, just going to be I... an amazing experience. Sister Varian, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank we you love for you. Me. Thank you. I love the French family. We love you.